Welcome to The Measuring Line. I'm your host, Heath Meadows. Just a quick rant today. We're going to start in Ephesians chapter 4. I'm reading from the ESV translation of the Bible. And we're just going to start in verse 1. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. And saying he ascended, what does it mean? But that he had also descended into the lower regions of the earth. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of Man, to a mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may be may no longer be children tossed to and fro by waves, by the waves and carried away about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the body, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Great chapter, great verse. I want to focus on the purpose of what is typically known as the fivefold ministry. And first of all, uh, these, I, uh, these are not these fivefold ministry gifts, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or shepherd, and teacher are not positions as far as like in the corporate ladder. These are not things that uh, titles that we are to lord over people. They are functions. And in other words, if you are an evangelist, you are functioning as an evangelist. You're not just titled that because you've won a couple people to Christ. There is something in your life that that specific gifting flows and it is to build up the body of Christ. Obviously, the evangelist would be someone that is literally building the body of Christ. They're winning souls to God, bringing people into the church. Shepherds, obviously, they shepherd. They, the people that come into the church, you know, they a lot of times shepherds and teachers are pretty close to the same thing, although I do believe that the pastors have a specific anointing. If you've ever been around someone that has that call as a pastor, you know what I'm talking about. They just have this gift to come along and really bring healing and encouragement and and just bring comfort to people. And I've met some pastors that just have that heart, just like, and, and again, it's, this is a piece of Jesus. Only Jesus is all five. Only Jesus functioned in all five of these 
of these gifts. And we see that throughout the Gospels as he was the sent one, as the apostle, he was the prophet, he evangelized, he pastored his, his people that came to him, and he taught. And so all these things were represented, all these descriptions or functions were represented by Christ. And as he ascended, he dispersed those out to men in order that the church may be built up. And I say all this to really focus on the prophets right now. And I, I've seen over the last several years, we've known the, you know, the Trump prophecies that fell on their face and the weird stuff that's come out of that and the conspiracy theories. And there's just been some strange things. And that's neither here nor there. I, what my concern is we continue to go along somewhere in that vein in a lot of the prophetic areas right now. And, you know, I, I think the people that are doing that are, are godly people. They love God. They want to really serve God. They're not false prophets or false teachers. But a, a recent prophetic word from actually several different people concerning leaders in the world, and particularly the United Kingdom with the the prime minister situation that's going over there. That's like a revolving door. So you had the Boris. He pretty much resigned I'd say he, well, it sounds like he was forced to resign. Then you had this lady, and her name escapes me right now. It's really not important, who was supposed to be very, very close to Margaret Thatcher, which was one of the, the greatest prime ministers that England ever had. And it was prophesied before she got that, you know, into the office that there was a woman that was Margaret Thatcher-like that was going to come on the scene and really do some things. Well, she didn't make it but a couple of weeks and, and resigned. And now... They have a new gentleman in there. He's a he's Islamic, I believe. Not Islamic, I'm sorry. He is Hindu. Wait a minute. Let me look this up. Get my facts straight here before I before I sputter all this stuff off. He is he is his name is Rishi Sanak. I think I hope I pronounced that right. He's been serving for a while and looks and he's he is a conservative. I mean, that's a that's I mean, if you're looking for people that uphold certain conservative values. I guess that's good. I don't know much about this guy, and I'm not here to judge him whatsoever. But again, he is he is he's married to a, a woman who's basically his father-in-law is like the Bill Gates of India. He's actually called that. He's a the very wealthy man, and she's set to heir, be an heiress of a of a fortune. And, you know, he's the first Hindu prime minister and person of color that has been nominated. And that's all good. And I'm not saying anything about that. What I'm, what I'm focusing on here is this. The prophetic, the prophetic word that came out that said this, per, this woman was going to be the next Margaret Thatcher and lead England into this whatever, glorious, triumphant. Again, it's the focus on what does this have to do with the building up of the church. And again, I think this word was given with good intent. I don't think it's, there's anything anything in this that is just given with an intent to deceive. I don't believe that at all. But we have to start judging words based on Ephesians 4. What is the function of the fivefold ministry? Well, they present certain aspects of Christ that help build the body up to its full stature, to the maturity, so that we are not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Now, secessionists will tell you that these these five have, have ceased, and for some reason there's only, it's, it's, it's kind of really silly. How do they end up saying there's only pastors and teachers? I have no idea. 
pick and choose who you want. Some of them will say, well, there's evangelists, but but the apostles and prophets are no more. Well, that's because they're, to them, I I believe it's just a, a, a fear thing, you know, because the prophetic can cause a mess. People get the title apostle and they think they're some kind of a super, superhuman, superhero Christian leader that everybody has to bow to. And I get all that. There's, there's dangers in that. But guys, there's still apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers today. Now, and when I say apostle, I mean a little way apostle. There will never, ever be a the original 12 who had authority that no apostle today has, nor will there be another Paul. Now, I think what we're seeing today is a rise of Paul-like um, people. Are, so, in other words, Timothy. So, I think we're seeing those people that Paul mentored, like the Timothys, who were sound in both doctrine and theology as well as flowed in this in the the power of the spirit and we need those today because we have a gross chasm in the church i don't know if you've noticed but the charismatic pentecostal talk about experience and flowing in the spirit and the reformed and all these guys over on, on the one side talk about the word the word the word well we need both we need a balance of both we need those that are sound in doctrine and theology as well as being empowered by the spirit and i think god is actually bringing those together in this hour and beginning to reform his church and uh, people are being raised up that have that balance. But we got to be careful when we're releasing words or we're receiving or listening to people. The first thing we should ask is, it, how is this building up the body of Christ? What is this doing to really make the body of Christ mature? Because in a subtle way, although it may not seem like it has anything to do with the United States, Westerners or whatever, or, or your country, wherever you're listening from, the this in a subtle way it's still pointing back to a hope that is in government of man and not of the kingdom of god because the hope is that obviously christians in in the united kingdom in england were probably hoping that a margaret thatcher would show up on the scene or you know many conservatives are probably hoping that but their hope shouldn't be in that is what i'm saying if you're a christian your hope needs to be in the kingdom first because men's Men's political parties, they're going to fail. Even the ultimate political party that will rise on the scene in the last days of the Antichrist that will seem to be the answer to everything, it's still man, it's still based out of evil, and it will fail when Jesus returns. So all these things are going to fail. When the prophetic as, as is as it's going through a reformation right now, which I think it is, you're going to see people that there's just going to be a dividing line and the kookier are going to get kookier. And the, the ones that are really truly following the Lord are going to, are going to be in this vein right here. They're going to be focusing on what do I need to do to get the body of Christ ready and prepared for the return of the Lord, because it's very, very close. And those ministries are the ones you need to pay attention to. Those, those are the ones you need to follow when the prophetic is used as it is supposed to be based in the Bible. When you look at 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, you'll see that it's a it's a blessing. And it also is a way to it is a way to evangelize. Prophetic words, as Paul says, when someone comes in and you basically tell him the things that's inside his heart and you have no idea of knowing that, he's convicted and he gives himself to God and or she. And 
So it can be used as an evangelistic tool, but it is not something that we are to use as a foretelling, almost as if we are the psychics that are out running around and trying to tell people's future, have spirit guides. And, you know, and that's the other thing that really concerns me is I hear more and more prophetic people talk about angels telling them things. And I know there's biblical precedent for this. You can look in the book of Daniel where obviously Gabriel comes and, and translates Daniel's dream. There's angels that appear and, and to the early church as well. It's recorded in the Bible. The issue is that they're not looking for them. These guys just show up because God sent them to help. And I am not going to call someone a liar or condemn someone's experience. If they've had an experience with an actual angelic presence, great. You know, I know a lot of people have encountered angels in a really cool way. I just heard a story of a lady that was driving and uh, not sure what was going on with her car uh, or she was paying attention. I don't know how she got in this situation. Probably just, you know, thought there was another gas station up the road, but she ends up running out of gas in the middle of this like nowhere wilderness spooky, scary thing. And then all of a sudden she looks in this nice looking gentleman standing outside her window with a gallon of gas. He pours it in her car. She goes on her way and that gallon of gas lasts for three days. Now I hope that story is real. Cause that's really cool. I'm not going to call somebody a liar. I'm not going to say those things don't happen because I know personal, I know personally people that's had those kinds of experiences with, with angelic beings or things of that nature. That's really got them out of trouble so that's not the issue. It's when we really put a lot of, I don't know, we're seeking these things out. We're, you know, Colossians tells us that we don't seek this ministry of angels out. There's an obsession with it, and it needs to stop. Our obsession needs to be with Christ, not with his servants or angels or his fellow servants in the spirit realm. If they come, great. If they don't, great. We don't, you know, the focus needs to be on him. Anytime an angel was met with some kind of form of bowing down or, you know, like John falls down in the presence of one, and then you have certain, uh, I think Ezekiel, Ezekiel's another one that comes to mind where he falls down. And, you know, the, every time they say, don't do that, get up. You know, I'm a fellow servant. Don't do that. That's That's not what you're supposed to do. And um, so, you know, again, they have more sense than we do. And so what happens is I'm hearing more and more, well, Angel appeared to me and told me that this lady was going to be prime minister. Well, the problem, the first, first thing we need to ask is, what does that message, that prophetic message from that angel have to do with the building up of the body of Christ? What does it have to do with any of the things that are the function of the fivefold ministry as outlined in Ephesians 4. See, this is why we need to know our Bible, even as charismatics, believe it or not, so that we can judge whether we're not or we're being deceived because even leaders are being deceived with this stuff. Because what happens is this angel is probably not an angel of God. I would almost venture to say it's not. And it's trying to get the focus off Christ because his return is imminent and onto these political parties and what's going on in the world. And as the world shakes and turns and, you know, somebody, the, the prime minister position in England is like a revolving door right now. Who knows if this guy's going to make it a couple of weeks. And we're seeing upheaval in all nations right now. And so it's so easy to get our focus off Christ and what the mission of the church right now is when we, are, we put our hope in a political party, a political system, which... I would hope 
that the church in America has learned its lesson with that. Do we vote? Absolutely. We need to vote Christian values and we, we need to do our part as citizens. You know, God has blessed us with America and living in a country that up until this point has been free to preach the gospel and whatever religion you want. And there's many other nations that are like that as well. Those nations are also blessed and we have to guard. And, and really, if you think about it, it's not so much that we put our hope in that. It's we have to occupy and make sure that we're just stewarding that that blessing. It's a stewardship of Christians making sure we vote correctly and, and vote the right person in. And you've seen with Donald Trump, Christians divided. And in so much for that, you know, you had major Christian voices voting for, for Joe Biden. There was a bunch of them that came out. Now, they won't come out. It, they've disappeared now. But think about the radical, as far as the Christian values go, think about the radical uh, abortion ideology that is flowing through this administration in itself. And, uh, you know, I actually pray for Joe Biden. There's something not right there. I mean, anybody can see that he's not cognitively right. And if somebody's doing this and pulling his strings, that's that's evil to use somebody, an elderly person, just because of their name, and and, they're, and they can't hardly function. I mean, it's not right. You saw, I've seen several interviews that it's really concerning. And I'm not trying to be political, but what I am saying, there is there is a piece that we can say, yeah, we love God and we love our country as well because it's a compared to others, it's a great country. Compared to what has been the United States and, and the free market and democracy and, and the Republic of the United States, is, it's a good thing. Have we done bad things? Absolutely, because, again, it is a fallen system run by fallen men and women. And we always got to keep that in mind. And that's where we can draw the line and say, you know, we're of the kingdom. We're of, you know, we're in this world, but not part of it. In doing so, we need to steward our freedom and do it well and make sure that we're voting accordingly. But that never should be where our hope is. Our hope is in the return of Christ and where when he comes back and all this bad stuff goes away, all the junk all the sex trafficking, the rape, the murder, the evil that's in the world, all of it, all of it's gone when he comes. And that's where our hope should lie. So I just want to throw this out there and make sure that if you hear, if you hear a prophetic word or you see some of these guys out there, and, and you know, it doesn't mean again that they're false prophets or whatever. Maybe the, I don't know what's going on with them, but I know you can listen to them and know that they love the Lord. There's just something about their heart. You can see it. I think if someone really loves the Lord and is trying to serve him, you you can it's obvious. But at the same time, they're getting off track with this. And I don't know if it is a rush to fill the gap that's in the prophetic right now or the office of a prophet. Uh, when we lost Kim Clement, we lost someone that the Lord used to prophesy into this nation and other nations. What was interesting when you go back and hear Kim's words it always revolved around the church. He may have said, yeah, this country is going to do this and there's going to be a trumpet and, you know, his famous Trump prophecies that he had, and I think it was clear back in 2008. But it had to do with telling the church to, if you listen to the whole prophecy, it's it's about getting the church and understanding that we have an opportunity 
for a period of time that there's going to be prosperity and things and we need to get the job done. It's always about the mission of the church and it revolves around the church. A lot of these words today revolves around us and our flesh and wanting to be comfortable. What are we, what have we done with the freedom that the United States government has provided Christians up until this point? Have we really done all we could? I know many will argue, well, we've been one of the greatest missionary sending nations. And at one time we may have been, but I can tell you they've not looked at the current numbers and not the numbers in the last 20 years. Because the numbers in the last 20 years would should make the American church embarrassed. There's actually, I don't have them in front of me. I have them somewhere in my computer where there was, I think one year, Christians spent more money on their pets' Halloween costumes than they gave to missions that year. So don't tell me that we've done all we could. When we're spending more money on our pets' costumes than we are given to missions and missions organizations, which really is at the heart of the Great Commission, going into places that, you know, the gospel and the name of Jesus has never been heard. That, that's an issue, guys. And when you look at how much money the church is given to missions compared to other programming, it is one of the bottom of the rung places where money is transitioned into. And it should be, really, it should be the opposite. And, and with it should be, with our outreach programs to our own poor and our own communities, it should be the next one down. And I really believe churches that do hold high value in missions, they experience great, I think they experience great prosperity as far as money because they're being responsible. They're not only sowing into their own community, they're sowing outside of their community. And if you look throughout the New Testament, Paul did that. He sowed with the communities that he was in, but he also took offerings for Jerusalem and other places that were in deep you know, famine and having some really troubling issues and people were starving to death. And so he was taking, you know, offerings for them. So that's, that's a precedent in, in, in the biblical text that we need to make sure that we are following. And missions is very important. You know, I'm missions oriented. I really believe that there's a, with, along with the Reformation, God's been speaking to me about a lot of things, doing, doing things very different in the missions where the American missions, American church missions has been something that was almost we go and we build a house for a couple of days and then we're on vacation for the rest it's many people have complained that it's like paying for the youth group's vacation that is not missions now you may go help somebody build a home or get food or whatever and, and do some humanitarian aid but keep in mind that nonprofits all over the world that are not Christian are doing that every day. So what separates us from them is that we're bringing the good news, or we should be bringing the good news of the gospel. And what I really believe that's going to start happening and what God wants to change is people being trained, prayed up, and ready to go. They're carrying something into that nation to bless that nation. They're not going there to mature and get blessed and get something out of it and make their walk with Christ richer. Now that's an, that is a definitely a fruit of going. That's something that happens from going, but that should not be the primary cause or the primary reason. And that has been that way in many missions trips and stuff throughout the Western church. And that's going to change missions needs to be people that are called to that Pacific 
that specific idea of going into a culture that is not your own and bringing the gospel and carrying the glory of God with you. You're, you're, you are an ark of the new covenant. You're bringing something into that region that has never been brought before. You're not going there to experience a new, um, deeper walk with God, although you may, that may be a side result, but that's not. Your deeper walk with God needs to happen in your prayer closet, one-on-one with him by yourself at home, not on the mission field. So these are things that I think are really beginning to pop and, and reform in the church. And I just wanted to get on here and rant a little bit. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, you can always email me. I'll leave the email in the description of the podcast. Get the word out. We're trying to spread, get the podcast out there and and, and really get the word out of, you know, just advertising the podcast. I have done it a few times on the old Facebook. What is that? The Where you do ads on Facebook. You know what the funny thing is? Every single time I've done that, I get these nasty messages from all these Satanists. Like these Satanists are writing me and saying all this, I mean, like vulgar stuff. They send me pictures of all the, I can't think of the name of it, the Talmud or whatever. And the, with a guy with a goat or it's got like the woman, the woman's breast and then the goat head. And I mean, all this vulgar stuff. And then they'll, they'll say F this and F you. And I'm like, well, man, I'm not, you know, I'm spending money on these ads and, all I'm getting is these Satanists, which is kind of funny because I'm thinking, well, though maybe I'm planting seeds that they don't they don't really realize is being planted. But it, it is incredible. I actually, my wife couldn't believe it. I have yet to get a response from a Christian, but I get like tons of response from Satanists and New Age witchcrafters and all this stuff about you know Christianity's dead and your religion's laughable and it's crazy, man. But yeah, so just get the word out there. Let everybody know about if you enjoy the podcast, let people know about it. I would appreciate that. And until we talk again, God bless.